So we're going to be um, picking up here and, and, and talking about the resurrection, obviously. Like, you all came here. It's like, you came and you shall receive, right? We're going to talk about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. But what I want to talk about, our main point this morning, is that we have a future hope from a past payment. That's our main point, if you all are note takers. Um, if you're not, be a note taker this morning, because this is so important. So this is important to the Christian, that we understand that we have a hope for the future. Just as Jesus was raised from the dead, we too, if we are in Christ and Christ in us, on the last day will be raised, we will be given our glorified body, all of this, this withering fading, um, dark world, fallen world, fallen nature, depraved beings will be made new in Christ Jesus. Even this, this fallen world will be restored. So as a Christian uh, view, we should be excited, we should long for that, and we should live for that now, not hope for it later. Like, ah, oh, like, when that day comes, I will get things right. Well, if you don't have it right now, and what I mean by that is surrendering, surrendering your life to Christ, being a believer, and everything that that entails, then it's not going to matter in the end. So we praise Jesus for the death, burial, and resurrection every Sunday, as we should, because we have a future hope from a past payment. Amen? So with that in mind... Let us be thinking about it, and if you're here today and you're like, I don't know what that means, this guy's already talked about an offering, I knew I'd come here, they talk about some money, I'm like, yeah, I did, I did, and I'm not sad about it because we want to bless them, and now, maybe that doesn't make sense, but you need to surrender your life to Christ, because Christ died to reconcile us back to the Father, so as we progress through this text and as we're praying, be thinking about that. To the believer, praise God because of it. And to the one who hasn't surrendered their life to Christ, I pray that you would hear these words and that God would draw you to himself and you would repent and believe this morning. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day as we come to celebrate. It's a special day. It's extra special to us. But God, we celebrate this each and every Sunday as we should. We, we have a hope because of what you accomplished. We live day to day thinking about what you have done, and if we, if we don't, God, let me be convicted of that. Let me, let me see how I need to live with the resurrection and the crucifixion of my Lord and my Savior in mind, that every step I take should reflect the sacrifice that Christ made on my behalf. To the person here who has yet to surrender their life to you, God, I pray that you would just move in them and through them, God, that you would draw them to yourself, and this morning would be the day that they surrender to you. Repent and believe and be saved, and they look forward to this future hope. God, I pray that, that we'd be encouraged by your word. I pray that your spirit, not just convicting us of the truth of your word, but God, encouraging us as we step foot out of these doors this week to go be missionaries where you've called us, serving those that you've placed before us. Father, this is our prayer to you this morning. We pray all this by the power of your spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. So we have a future hope from a past payment. I want to progress through uh, several different texts here at, at New Hill Church. Our church family likes to do what we call expository preaching. It's where we go verse by verse through a book of the Bible. Sometimes we take breaks, which is what we're doing starting next week. We're going to have, uh, through the end of May, uh, diving into some deep doctrine. Um, but we love to do that. But today, the scriptures are going to be on the screen. You can get a Bible if you'd like, because we're going to be kind of uh, in a few different texts as we look at the resurrection 
of Jesus. But the first point for us is the payment. So we have a future hope from a past payment. So we need to look at the payment. So Friday, we had a Good Friday service, right? We, we looked at the crucifixion of Jesus and something that was really important uh, that we, we made sure to, to really drive home as a, a church on Friday that I want us to reiterate today is that that payment meant something. It wasn't just Jesus being a friend and taking a bullet for a group of people. It was the holy God coming incarnate in, in the flesh of man, 100% God, 100% man, to satisfy the wrath of God for the people of God. Okay, so Jesus came in the flesh of man, being 100% God, to satisfy the wrath of God for the people of God. And that payment, Christ on the cross, meant something. Jesus didn't just, just get hit and whipped and beaten and not feel it. He felt it. Every bit of his flesh felt it. And not just that, even more so, besides the beating, is on the cross, the wrath of God was poured out on the Son. Are we following that? The wrath of God. So, so the same wrath that will be poured out that, that the Bible calls like and describes as gnashing of teeth that, that those who do not know him in the last days, those people will experience forever Jesus experienced on the cross for his people. So that payment should, should bring great joy to us because Jesus didn't just die for you. He suffered for you, believer. If you're a Christian, that, that should ring and bring great joy to you. That's what makes grace and that's what makes mercy just such a beautiful, beautiful thing to understand exactly what Jesus took on the cross. John 19, verses 28 through 30, we get a picture of what happened on the cross as, as Jesus finished up his earthly life. It says here, it says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Those words Jesus said, it is finished. To Telestai, right? I'm, I'm no scholar in other languages. This is something you guys have heard all along. You've probably seen it on Facebook all week. You probably saw it on Friday. To Telestai, it doesn't just mean it is finished, but more importantly, it means paid in full. That means that to those who surrender their life to Christ, they believe in the gospel, your debt has now been paid. It means that, that the wrath of God that you deserved, that I deserved, because of Christ, has now been paid. And not a little bit paid, but paid in full. Now this is good news to us because we live in a world where it's like, hey, you've got to do good. You've got to continue, continue working and trying to find merit with God. You see different, different uh, churches saying these same kind of things while preaching from the same word as us, but Jesus even said from the cross, it is finished, paid in full. We've talked about this a lot here. If, if, if your mortgage is paid off and you keep paying it, you're not paying your mortgage, you're just paying the guy at the bank, right? Like he's, 
He's probably not going to send you your money back like, hey, Mr. Meadows, I uh, hate to tell you, but your mortgage was paid off 15 years ago. And I'm like, where's my money? He's, You've been paying it, man. Like, we just kept your money. That is not the case with Jesus. And guess what, church? We can't continue to add to. You all know those terrible interest rates on, on credit cards? Well, some of you are like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you all felt that, right? Like, those interest rates, and it's like you can never catch up on those credit cards because it's like 20-some percent interest, and you're like, this is how they make money, this is how they make a living, this is how they make my life miserable. Guess what? This isn't like a credit card. This is a debt we could never catch up on. And when Jesus said to those who are his, who have repented of their sin and believed in the gospel, he says, it is paid in full. Take it to the bank. This payment that, that he took, Jesus Church took the eternal wrath of God. That's why it's so important to understand that Jesus wasn't just man, and he wasn't just 50% man. He was 100% man, 100% God, because 100% man representing us, standing in our place, standing in your place and my place and every place of those who believe, but also being 100% God. He's the only one who could take that. So he represents you, on the cross. He, he mediates at the right hand of the Father on your behalf. But what he accomplished was something we could never do, taking the wrath of God because he was God in the flesh. Now, this is not like the wrath that maybe, maybe some of you all have heard from like your dad when you were younger. And it's like, I'm going to give you the wrath of God if you keep that up, right? So I'm from West Virginia. Maybe you all, like, I talk about, like, these, these dad things. Yeah, I'm getting, Don's over. I talk about, like, dads and, like, how they talk to us. And some of you are like, do you need counseling? And it's like, are you okay? Like, look, you heard that one time from dad, and you, Billy never said another word in church, right? Like, I'm going to show you the wrath of God. And you felt that. Because the wrath of God, church, is, is a real reality. And it's a reality, dads, we can't give our kids. The wrath that we pour out is, is just discipline. The, the eternal wrath of God is, is, is something that separates us from the holy triune God, right? It's something that's gonna be unleashed on those who, who did not know him, those who rejected him and their depravity. And when we think about that, when we think about what Christ actually took, it leads us to a proper place of praise when we understand the payment when we understand what Jesus really accomplished and in his accomplishment and in the payment and what happened in his resurrection, not just his crucifixion, but his resurrection, we see point number two, the proof. So you have the payment and then you have the proof. So the payment, Christ on the cross, right? And then the proof, you have Christ dying, but not just dying, raising from the dead defeating death and sin while proving his lordship and dominion over all things. See, Christ wasn't just man. He proved. He proved all the scriptures to be true. We can turn and we can look to the Old Testament, all the prophecies, prophesying of the Messiah who was to come and to die in place of his people. And proving he was God. I, I love that last song we sang. I, I've got like an extra just... Uh, just knack to that song. I just love it because it's from our sending church. They wrote that song and just love the, the, the lyrics. Just talk, Jesus proved that he was God when he rose. Death was overcome. Like, do we understand? That's why we sing on Sundays. We don't sing because, ah, oh, this is like in the Christian top 10 charts this week. 
We sing because the lyrics are to reflect the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not just the life. The world loves to talk about the life of Jesus, right? Jesus was a nice man. Jesus, he's a good guy. We should all just be like Jesus. Like, church, Jesus went into the temple and flipped tables, right? Jesus told, now Jesus loved his enemy. Jesus told us to love our enemies. But when push came to shove, Jesus was gonna tell you and love on you. Like, I'm gonna tell you the truth. You cannot get past this. Jesus is God. And this should lead us to a place of, of praise, of proper praise and adoration of the one who paid the price for his people, proving, church, that he was God. I'm gonna turn to Luke chapter four, the first nine verses there. Because you all didn't wanna just hear about Jesus dying, you wanna hear about him raising, Right? That's why we have a future hope, because of what Jesus accomplished, not just dying. Any one of us can say we died for a cause. Jesus atoned for our sins, defeating death in the grave, defeating sin. It has no dominion over you. Luke 24 reads, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all the things to the 11, to all the rest. So think about that. Think what's going on. They, they go, they, they didn't have any time before the Sabbath to give Jesus a proper burial. They, they rushed him to the grave because you couldn't do anything on the Sabbath, right? And the Sabbath started at sundown on Friday. Everybody with me? So they rushed him to the grave because Jewish customs were legit. Even though their, their crucifixion of Jesus wasn't, they hey, we gotta be, be good Jews, even though we just crucified the Messiah. Here, let's get him into the grave, get him into the tomb. We're gonna um, let these guards watch him, and then uh, you guys can handle him later. Mary Magdalene and the rest, they, they prepared these spices to give him a proper burial. Remember, this is their, their loved one. This is their dear friend. And they had to put him in the tomb. And here comes Sunday, the first day of the week, rolling around. Jesus is gone. He's not here. No, he's risen. Says so the two men said to him, why do you seek the living among the dead? Because Jesus wasn't dead. Jesus was alive. Jesus was well. Jesus was God. And he proved all the scriptures to be true. They said, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you? Some of you are like, yeah, like, wouldn't that be something you remember? Like, come on, like I, I feel for the apostles. I've got no hold against them, right? I, I get it. Because I have a tough time like memorizing just verses of the Bible. I'm like, Jesus wept, got that one. The rest of them, we're working at it, right? But Jesus told them, hey, all these things will come. I will send you the helper. All these things will come to remembrance. These two men, they tell him, hey, remember when he said that? And they did. It says, and they remembered his words. 
And returning from the tomb, they told these things to the eleven and to all of the rest. They saw the proof, the empty tomb, that Jesus' words proved to be true. Not just the prophecies of Scripture, but the deity, his lordship over all, that he is the creator of all things, that nothing was created that was not created through him. That's the proof that, that we need to hear because, and I think we need to hear it today, I know I need to hear it, is that I need to constantly remind myself that Jesus isn't this, this, this one character that the world is telling me that he is. He's the God that the Bible tells me he is. He's the God, the Son of Man, the Son of God that the Scriptures reveal him to be. And when we understand that properly, we praise him accordingly. That when we know who he is, when we know what he did, not just dying, but taking the wrath of God on my place, proving that he is God, then we praise him. We give him the proper praise, the proper adoration. We have a healthy then fear of God because we have a true on reverence of God. That's what we need. And we long for point number three, the promise. You see, we, we, we know the payment, right? We know what Jesus did on the cross. At least maybe now, now you do, right? Maybe now we've, we've talked about it. Maybe we need to continue talking about it. But then we see the proof, what Jesus did. And also, the, the proof should be talked about too. He appeared to tons of people after his death. Like, that wasn't disputed. They tried to hide it. There's other scriptures that talk about, hey, don't, the guards, hey, don't tell anybody. Say, something else happened, right? But for us Christians... We look forward to the promise that we too have a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus. That we who are in Christ and Christ in us will be raised on the last day. 1 Peter 1 verses 3 through 5. Look at how, how Peter addresses these believers. Look at how he... He encourages them. Like, this should be something that, like, hypes believers up. Like, I mean, if, if we were to go to, to war with, like, the, the evil spirits right now, like, hey, like, all right, I've got, like, one thing to tell you all, and we're going to go fight those things, it would be this. And let me, before I read this, Christian, be encouraged by this. And to, to those of you who, who don't believe in Jesus, let this be a reminder, a stern reminder of the reality that, that though we will be raised, you too will be raised but separated. You will be separated from God for all of eternity. And that's not something I'm like, ah, oh, I'm so excited to tell everybody they're going to hell this morning if they don't know Jesus. But it's something I can't let slip. I can't let you get out the door this morning without telling you that you will not be annihilated. You will be separated and you will be experiencing the wrath of God. But to those who believe in the gospel, it's because Jesus took the wrath for you, satisfied the wrath for you, that this should be a great encouragement. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's grace are getting, uh, being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Church, this is, 
a great joy to us. Like when you read that, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope, a future hope. So many people will tell you, hey, if you're a believer, you get to experience it here and now, and that's true. We have the joys and the riches, and we've been saved, and we're continuing to be saved and being sanctified. But it doesn't mean that your riches will be now. It doesn't mean your prosperity will be now. It doesn't mean if you you get on your knees and pray eight times a day that God's just going to bless you financially and, and you will prosper. No, Jesus said quite the opposite of that. So we have a living hope, a hope for the future that we too in Christ Jesus will be raised. So our living hope is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And look what it says. That hope is in an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Now, this, this kind of stinks a little bit, right? Like, we want our gifts now. Like, hey, like Jesus, like you're talking about like the riches in heaven. You're talking about all these beautiful things, undefiled, unfading, imperishable, like awesome. How many of you all, like, you all ever experienced that? Like, mom and dad get you like a vacation. You got to experience it later. All right, just raise your hand. One little hand back there. All right, meet you in the parking lot later because I didn't experience that as a kid. Mom and dad never told me on Christmas morning, like, hey, we're going to Myrtle Beach in July. Here's your gift. I'm like, no, that's not what happened. That's not how we live. But like some of us, we, we were kind of starting to forget that, like, like not just vacations, but, you know, sometimes back in the day you would order things online on the World Wide Web, and it's like, hey, it won't be here for two weeks. And you're like, oh, man, I need that in a week, but... Whatever, that's just what I'm going to get. And we forget that because of this thing called Amazon. And Amazon was doing this thing called two-day deliveries, and now they do same-day delivery. Like, I can't tell you how many times we've needed something here at the church, and it's like, you can have this between 2 and 6 p.m. today. I'm like, man, it's noon. Like, that's impressive, right? Like, my wife couldn't tell me to go to the store, Home Depot down the road, and me have it for her before 2 and 6 p.m. And it's like, all you have to do is, is pay this fee of $2.99. I'm like, done. Boom. We got the cable set up for the church, and we're ready to roll. Like, so excited. Jeff, Jeff Bro was helping us with sound stuff and getting the TV set up in the cafe, and uh, he was like, hey, we just need one more part. And I'm, like, so impatient. I'm just like, ah, Amazon, man, we're going to have it. It didn't happen that day, so I had to wait. Church, we look forward to, we long for this hope, this promise. Look what it says. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. See, we live in a world that is perishing. We experience, experience the perishable. We, we live in a world that is defiled, that is fading, that is withering away. Like we see the effects of the fall all around us. And we just want this now. But this is the hope that we have in the future and a hope that should help us to persevere and continue on fighting, finishing the race that Christ has saved you for. We have to continue. We have to push on. I love this. It's like if you ask me, like, hey, like, why don't you vacation? Like, why don't you? Have you ever traveled the world? Like, we've got our our two families that travel the the world in here uh, this morning. Uh, Quick eyeballs around. And. And, you know, Pastor Gary and, and I were talking one time. It's like, hey, we, we're cool with, like, Myrtle Beach. Because guess what? One day, Jesus is, is not just coming back to restore you and your body, giving you a glorified body. But guess what? He's restoring creation. I'm like, Pastor Gary, you think I'm, we'll be able to, like, float around? 
He's like, I don't know, I think, like, we probably won't have, like, cars anymore. I'm like, oh, sweet, I can't afford those anyways. So, like, let's just, let's just go, and, and we'll be able to travel, and we'll be able to see, and we'll be able, I'll be able to go to New Zealand finally. And, you know, you know the last service, it just dawned on me. I'm like, I, I don't know if in the restored creation, the Hobbit mounds and hills will be there. Pastor Gary says he thinks so, so he thinks those will be there, which is awesome. Like, I'll finally get to experience that. Why? Because of the future hope that we have in Christ. And all, all jokes aside, Jesus is coming to restore creation, restore you to an inheritance that we have now for later that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, believer. That is good news. Ben, you can go ahead and come back up. It is so important that we keep our eyes on the payment, on the proof, and on the promise. See, Christ died. He satisfied, satisfied the wrath of God. Like, it's not like he just took it. Like, God, now, if you've surrendered your life to Christ, sees Christ in you. Just like, like, like the righteousness of Christ has been imputed to you, your sin was imputed to Christ on the cross. It is paid in full. So we live accordingly. See, before Christ, we were dead. Dead people don't do things. People who are alive do things. So use the spiritual life that you've been given in Christ Jesus to glorify him, keeping your eyes on what he did and what he's going to do. He is going to restore all things. That means this broken world, and some of you are like, it's not just the world, it's my body. It's broken. Yeah, tell me about it. We did mulch this week. It's terrible. Terrible, right? Like Charles Barkley, I'll give you my best terrible. Like, it is awful. And everybody around here seems to have like day jobs, so it's like, ah, how are we gonna do this? Everybody's busy. Mad asthma comes in clutch with the skid steer. I'm like, yes, this is what we've needed all along, right? We need to buy like some big heavy equipment to take care of those things. God is coming back to restore all things. But guess what? There's still wrath. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I just come here and there, or maybe this has been a time where you're like, maybe I didn't really have it together all along. I didn't really surrender my life to Christ. Well, do that. Because when Jesus comes back, there is going to be wrath. There's going to be on the last day the wrath of God put out. There is going to be eternity of separation for those who don't believe in Christ Jesus. And that's not the message that we're all happy to hear about, but it's the message that I want to share with you so that you can be redeemed and you can be brought back into the fold of God by the sacrifice of God for the people of God. And then you can sit here and you can rejoice saying, I have a future hope from a past payment that Jesus made on my behalf. And not only can I not do anything to add to it, I don't want to do anything. What can I do to make it better? Think of like the, the best, best food you've ever had. Like, wh what are you gonna do to make it better? And if you could do something to make it better, it wasn't the best to begin with. We cannot add to the sacrifice of Christ, nor should we try, but we should use this life to glorify him and bring him praise because of the payment that he made on our behalf. Because he is God, he proved that. He deserves it. And the promise that he's made should cause us to push on. And that means that in any trial, in anything that you're going through, that you can overcome it. That you can sit there and say, I will praise you, God, 
because I know the payment that you made, I will never have to experience the wrath of God because Jesus did that for me. Repent and believe this morning. That's all you have to do. Come tell me because I'd love to celebrate with you. Let us stand this morning. Let's sing one last song of, of praise to God because God alone deserves the glory. And as you leave here and you go and you do your egg hunts and, and whatnot, I, I pray that you would just begin thinking about that. Continue thinking about it. Think about those in your life that do not know Christ. Go and share with them that if they know Christ, they have a future hope from a past payment. They need to repent and believe. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this morning that we've had together. Thank you for your word. Thank you for not just dying, not just paying the price, but God proving, showing us that you are God. Thank you for giving us a hope, an eternal hope, future. God, not that, not that we would just get to this destination, but that we would be reconciled into a relationship with the Father because of you. God, we long for that day. We look around the world and we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. That is our prayer to you. We pray that, God, come. But until you do, our eyes are on the future, remembering the payment and going out and sharing the good news that met us where we were. Father God, we pray that you would just bless this time, bless everybody's day. We pray for safe travels. God, we pray for, for the offering this morning that you would bless it and multiply it for our good and for your glory. God, that you would bless the Furches family as they transition back. God, and that we too would be encouraged as we look at their life, remembering we don't have to go overseas to be missionaries. You've placed us, sovereignly placed us where we are and who we're around for a reason and a purpose. Let us use the doors that you've opened to go through it and share the good news. Father God, we praise you. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.